The following presentation was recorded at the Newbury Buddhist Monastery, Victoria, Australia. Please visit our website at nbm.org.au. Hello and welcome to the Sunday morning talk live from Newbury Monastery, close to Melbourne. Nine o'clock and three minutes a.m. Uh, for those who haven't had the pleasure, my name is Chita Palo and I come from Borinyana Monastery, which is in Perth. And I'm the one who is supposed to give the talk today for you. And um, I'm, I have a little sign here that tells me that I should remind people that they will be able to ask questions on the YouTube live chat. So if questions come up, you can um, put your questions there. Um, well, that's it so far. Um, <clears throat> uh, my, my last talk was um, probably one of the most political talks I gave so far in my career, or whatever you want to call it. And I got a little bit of flack for that, because... Um, uh, people have very strong perceptions what a, um, a, a Buddhist monk is supposed to um, talk about. Uh, supposed to talk about the Buddhist teaching or whatnot. And um, there were some comments who uh, were of the opinion that I had failed in that regard. Um, and you're obviously uh, entitled to your opinions and I personally think if I get a little bit of flack and a few thumbs down for me that's a sign that my talk was at least not that boring that you fell asleep <laughs> which is a good sign um, like always I don't intend to offend you and um, I'm not an authority I just represent my own views and opinions and uh, if I stir up anything again, then uh, please don't punish the whole Sangha here. We are uh, 10 people and more, 10 or monastics and uh, lay people who support us. So please don't cut off our funds because I say something wrong. Don't make the other people suffer because there was a comment actually that uh, somebody who said who is a supporter of the monastery. Uh, I don't know if he spoke truth. It's all this anonymous stuff over the internet. And there wasn't a picture and there wasn't a real name, but basically he said he was a supporter and he cut, he wanted to cut us off because um, he disagreed so much with what I had to say last time. So um, I only speak for myself, just make that very clear again. Um, and last time, um, because it, it, it was a, a, 
it was one of my most uh, political talks because I think I live in a time now after t 20 years of um, no major political changes in the world uh, that nothing that really affected me in my uh, monastic life so far uh, now I find myself living in a time where there are changes um, that do affect the monastic life and um, I think that has some benefit then as well to um, speak about that and, and speak up about um, how we interact uh, with the world, how much do we try to change our own minds through the practice and how much um, uh, are we concerned with how we interact with the world outside. And so last time it maybe it was a bit heavy on the on the side of the of the um, worldly concerns. Uh, I try today to um, lean more of the uh, on the side of the of the inner workings of the mind, and that's uh, I want to talk about perception and how perception comes into being. Uh, what is perception? Um, how perception is changed, and obviously how perception is changed in a in a in a way that is um, conducive to our practice and um, conducive to the um, what the Buddha aimed for, and which is obviously always the liberation of the mind from suffering. Uh, that was the the one and only goal that the Buddha tried to achieve, uh, to find a way out of, out of suffering. Um, I think it's um, Im important to um, stay a little bit still in the, in the uh, world of um, the outside and, and, and science, the observable, the measurable, uh, because I myself have a very scientific approach, or very, I don't know, at, at least I see it for myself as a scientific approach um, to how I apply the uh, Buddhist practice and how I um, deal with the concepts that the Buddha presents us in my own mind. And um, often say people say Buddhism is a religion or Buddhism is a philosophy, and for me it's neither this or that. A religion would be um, just a belief in something, which is um, basically can only be evaluated um, after you die. And um, if it was just a philosophy then it would be um, just intellectual concepts that have to um, be set up according to um, rules of of logic huh? that is um, there's there's um, this 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 moment of experience is not there so the the Buddhist teaching for me never was a religion or philosophy it was always a um, a practical way 
to go into a certain direction and the the direction uh, the Buddha was interested in was by coincidence also the direction I'm interested in how to get rid of suffering actually what is suffering how to accumulate suffering how to reduce suffering and um, in in his explanations I think the Buddha was um, as scientific as you can can be with 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 speech and with this um, we we have to see in, in in normal science we have a controlled environment. Huh? Science science loves a controlled environment huh? where all the or you can add all these little factors and then you can make predictions of the outcome. And um, the mind is uh, what is called a, a complex system. So there's very many factors uh, in the mind that are very uh, makes it very hard to predict the outcome. This is why psychology and um, the 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 science uh, of the minds that we have in the West um, they have huge difficulties on predicting behavior of people because it's just so many um, factors, uh, genetics, the environment, uh, um, moods, um, maybe what what you ate that morning <laughs> actually come into effect how you're going to uh, behave that day huh? or in that particular moment. So um, what I always find... Um, fascinating in, in, in science is the um, you, you, you cannot just um, say this is the way it is and you have to believe me in science you're, you make predictions and your predictions have to be um, evaluated and they have to be um, other people have to be able to repeat them that it uh, you can even call it science huh? otherwise it's 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 religion again it's just a belief huh? and um, we live in an in an age now where our science is so incredibly advanced but the actual belief in science in 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 many areas of societies and a society and in many countries is actually dropping there are really, really weird, weird beliefs coming up again and um, a very strong uh, criticism and non-belief in science. And um, some of that is um, obviously um, has its, has its uh, foundation and its, and its reasons and its uh, grounds because um, science has, has trouble in these complex systems to make predictions as well. Huh? If, you, if you look at the weather, for example, how accurate can they predict the weather with all their satellites and their measure, measurement um, apparatuses? Uh, and they only get it right for, if you're lucky, for a few days. Huh? And then it becomes unpredictable again, the weather. Huh? That's, that's a complex system. But... Uh, on the other hand, they, they have an idea when the next hurricane is coming and they can warn people. And that doesn't mean everything is wrong. And I, I um, like to give you just uh, one um, beautiful example for me of science. Um, 
nobody nobody uh, knew in the old days how to define gravity what is it that pulls objects down to the ground huh? why don't do they not float up in the air when you drop something and then um, Isaac Newton um, he not just um, developed a theory of that he also basically <laughs> developed the mathematics to 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 calculate and that's where calculate comes from 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 calculus actually that's that's what he uh, invented as well and he with with his method he predicted the 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 motions of of objects and it's basically gravity defined gravity of um two objects influencing each other and um, because of that, and as we, we can say, oh, what, what, what is that supposed to mean? How does it affect anything? And then the, the astronomers, they looked up in the sky. And then I think around um, Saturn, they, they watched Saturn, the, the, the planet, the gas giant. And they saw a strange, strange wobble taking effect there There's, there was a, a motion there in the in the in the path the planet uh, took that uh, didn't make any sense and that was um, contrary to the uh, predictions and to the mathematics that you can um, apply um, the the newtons uh, the newtons mechanics they didn't they didn't seem to apply it completely so and instead of disregarding the whole thing, they, they said, "What what Newton's mechanic tells us here that there is there must be another object there that pulls on Saturn to make Saturn uh, move in that direction." And then uh, years later, when the um, telescopes were improved again, um, they find uh, they found. Uh, Uranus, another um, gas giant that wasn't visible with the optics they had available at the time. Just by this um, mathematical predictions and of that, that formula that um, Newton created, uh, watching, watching the sky, they could predict that there is, must be that other object in the sky. And yes, there it was. And that is um, that is science, huh? science on a on a, on a big scale, huh? on a on a on a simple scale with with um, simpler things. You uh, you know if you if you mix um, sulfur and saltpeter and um, charcoal in a in the right measurements, you get gunpowder, huh? and you and you get it every time, and you it, it's gonna make bang when you when you apply a heat source to it that is that is science this is repeatable something that is is, is not just um, the, the the will of the gods anymore some 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 mystical power in the background there was um, people began to understand there are natural forces at play here and this this forces they can be um, understood and in the in the same way, I like to think of the Buddhist teachings that there are forces in play. How do we define perception? How do we define the mind? 
in science we have the four the four major forces in nature so we have gravity and electromagnetism and the weak and strong nuclear forces and in in buddhism we have this we have this what we call the five khandhas and the the five khandhas they cannot be separated the same as we call it um, electromagnetism these days because the scientists realize actually um, the the flow of electricity and magnetism cannot be separated as basically it can be defined as one and the same force because they always appear together one cannot appear without the other uh, same same as um, Albert Einstein's uh, theory of relativity, there is um, um, time and space. Uh, they cannot be separated. Uh, has to be seen as one unit, and that is a very well proven theory as well. Uh, and so the same for the five khandhas. So where you see the body, the feeling, uh, perception. Uh, thought or, or will and 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 um, well vinyana consciousness I don't like it I don't I like it to call it the force the um, that that is um, always trying to to get something out there the vinyana huh? this 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 driving force they cannot be separated. In a, in, a, in a human being, you cannot have one without the other. If you describe a human being, if you describe consciousness, that is a way you can scientifically describe it. There's a body. In this body, there's thoughts. There is perception in that body. You perceive things coming in. And then there's, there's, there's will, there's feeling. And then there is this, this drive in the background. Huh? Maybe you call it preferences or whatever you want to call it. And the 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 interesting thing is the, the Buddha's language at the or the language at the time of the Buddha was <clears throat> in a in a sense scientifically better equipped to explain uh, what the Buddha was talking about. In the in in the Pali, uh, there there exists terminology which is very hard to translate into English. And sometimes, if you ever read a sutta, and you read something, and then you at the end you read, uh, and the people were uh, delighted and they uh, rejoiced and happy, they went away, blah blah blah. And you and you just think, how is that possible? I didn't I didn't understand. I hardly understood a word. <laughs> talking, what was he even talking about? I don't understand. How is it that this 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 villagers two thousand five hundred years ago in India basically could understand what the Buddha was talking about? And that is that the um, the the terminology was uh, much more um, interested in these mind processes already in India at that time. And for example, in 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 the Pali there. If you describe an eye, 
Huh? Like the five senses, eye and ear and nose and tongue and body. You have different words. If you, if you talk of the physical eye, then they have a word for that. But if you call, if you call upon that, that is aware of that process of seeing, they have a different word for that. We don't even have that in English and in German we don't have that either. There is, uh, there's basically no no distinction there. So the the, the, the process how consciousness works is um, with with all the science that we have is still very limited because we um, a lot of people they they think because they have an eye. They see a, a, a world out there, a, a, a sort of a, a neutral, like you take a picture with a camera. That is not how our perception works. I mean, uh, apart from the difficult science that goes on in this optical process, and just two points is that the, the picture comes into your vision the wrong way around. So basically everything is standing on its head. When I look at uh, my helpers here in the hall, actually, if I if my brain wouldn't do its job, they were basically sitting upside down. <laughs> they were they would be on on their heads. And then this visual image gets translated into electromagnetic um, impulses. And they get sent to a center, uh, to a, a, a part of the brain, which is specialized in deciphering these uh, electromagnetic impulses again, and producing sight in my brain. Huh? So very um, intricate, difficult process that um, seems to be so natural because it's so incredibly fast and eh, what the what the brain is uh, manages to do there in each and every second you shift your view just the slightest little bit and the brain has to use this immense processing power actually to to give us that illusion of that of that unstable um, environment wherever we are and um, with sound it's it's the same thing eh, that the um, is a, is a process that um, through, through the movement of air has to be translated again um, through, uh, through electromagnetic impulses to the brain and gets deciphers in the brain again. So that all comes together um, in the brain, but not as, a, as any neutral information. Hmm? That is where that difference in, in Buddhism kicks in. It's not just... Uh, an eye and it, it falls on that on that tabula rasa on that on that empty slate and projects an image there no uh, is 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 this eye consciousness uh, if if you want to um, give it a name this 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 wanting to see this wanting to see produces that Im that image that it expects to see already according to our conditioning so this 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 perception that we sometimes think is um, so so neutral neutral, neutral <laughs> is is not that at all. Hmm? This is um, I remember that um, story from uh, Ricky Gervais, uh, the comedian, 
And I think he, he caught that, that flight just after 9-11. Shortly after 9-11. So um, everything, everybody was still in a, in a, in a panic about um, new terrorist attacks. And the um, controls at the at the airports were getting really strict, and, and uh, nobody dared actually to fly, or hardly anybody dared to fly. the f- The flights were actually quite empty. But he thought to himself, "Well, f- um, now after the attacks, the security is so tight, so the chances are very." good for me that nothing is going to happen because um, they take a lot better care now that nothing comes uh, nobody comes onto a plane with a bomb or trying to take over the cockpit or whatever so he, he, he sat down and then um, somebody and what you have to see um, Ricky Gervais is, is uh, more on the on, on the lefty, lefty side of things so he's um, would consider himself a liberal and um, open-minded and um, not full of prejudice. But then that um, that man um, came came onto the plane with an, um, well, who, who looked a little bit in the, uh, in a, in a way that um, we associate um, uh, Arabs or um, um, Middle, Middle Middle Easterners are looking. So he had, a, I think, he had even a turban on, and he had the he had the beard. And um, Ricky Gervais said basically he could he could feel himself looking looking over to that guy, and with all his uh, liberal thoughts that he sought to have in his mind, his liberal upbringing and perception, his his mind started to go in the direction of. Well, I I hope they they checked him properly. He he sort of looks like <laughs> he looks like 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 somebody somebody basically who uh, uh, you saw on these these pictures of uh, Mohammed Atta and all these 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 guys who um, who um, hijacked the plane and flew them into the World Trade Center uh, and. He, he said there was this, this this two sides in his brain and one side fighting against the other side and his liberal upbringing side fighting more and more and losing that fight to that um, to the the fear side who said but look at the beard look at the beard <laughs> really, the beard and the turban huh? and, and and then that, that guy pulls pulled out a, a cell phone and starts talking really loudly into the cell phone and Ricky Gervais says, and I, and I was almost in, in tears. I said, that, that, that's it. And now he's giving the command, <laughs> actually. Now he's, he's doing it. Now he's going to blow the bomb. And so the um, just just because of fear that was created be, beforehand and the and the the images and the and the faces that we associated with certain kinds of behavior. Even the uh, the most uh, liberal minds and mind with a good sense of humor uh, got got really confused, huh? and that is that is how perception works. Huh? Perception is not this uh, this neutral camera that would have just looked yes, yeah, a man with a turban and a beard, 
and is that and he's talking on the cell phone is is not a a neutral um a neutral um perception of 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 what is happening is always is is loaded is loaded from the very beginning with our with our own uh preconceptions with our own uh prejudice with our fears with our longings with our desires uh, every everything that is um that is this 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 these stirrings that we have in ourselves the whole time are the 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 body the feelings thoughts and the and the and the and our tendencies influence these perceptions so when the perception arrives in our brain from in in that moment we become aware of it it's already not neutral anymore and that is a a, a very important thing to um to understand because um when 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 we get new concepts into our head like the uh, maybe the new concept for some people of buddhism huh? what what is uh, what is buddhism what is um, yes uh, he he defines suffering what is the cause of suffering craving craving is the cause of suffering okay so i have to get rid of craving so um i saw that a lot in 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 people actually this this effort then um try not to crave things anymore and that meant cutting down on things huh? i shouldn't i shouldn't um i shouldn't crave family i shouldn't um i shouldn't be attached attachment was a big thing huh? craving and attachment always going together huh? so i shouldn't be attached to my wife shouldn't be attached to my children shouldn't be attached to tea and coffee smoking sex drugs and rock and roll and and whatever is basically this this um trying to be something that you uh are trying to change your your feeling and your perception just by this this thought that you understood something huh? it's just uh, yeah the buddha said uh, craving is the cause of suffering so i'm a buddhist so i'm going to eradicate the cause of suffering by not craving anymore so I, I try to reduce craving that is not how it works so we should have investigated further oh what and how how does that work this process of the eradication of suffering it gives us the eightfold path he gives us generosity and and, and sila in the beginning so the whole process doesn't start by trying to get rid of something that we haven't even understood and we don't even uh, i mean when we, when we start with buddhism if if we honest and it, i still feel that why do we even want to get rid of that do we really see the danger so much in it in the monastery people um, and stop and during the vasa which is almost over here the our rains retreat now uh i remember then then monks making all these these aditana this this commitments uh, oh this this vasa this rains i'm not going to drink any coffee yeah? this vasa i'm only going to sleep 6 hours at night or what this um vasa i'm going to meditate 8 hours a day 
all this 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 little um, projects putting all these little projects into your mind because you believe that you eradicate craving that way huh? that if it's just um if you if you just don't do it and if you force yourself just and if your willpower is just strong enough you get rid of craving which is a great great misconception and I hope you visit your mind as careful as a good scientist because we have our own laboratory right here in our body with us, in our mind. So this concept, concepts that we apply so liberally often from something that we read in a book, something that a Krubachan has done, something that the Buddha has supposed to be done or some some monk has done or some guru has done or whatever please um, if you want to and it, it sounds uh, good to you okay try it out but don't make it immediately your reality huh? be a scientist if, if, if it tells you basically that you, you, you stop coffee for three months and afterwards you crave coffee as much as before, you see that it hasn't reduced your craving. Maybe it has given you still some joy because you felt that you have um, the willpower to do it. And that sometimes can give you some joy. This sort of, um, we feel a bit more in control of what is happening to us. Uh, meditated that amount of time and I wanted to meditate and I meditate and I did it and it's almost like uh, winning a gold medal in the Olympics eh? is is the striving and the uh, the pleasure we get out of the uh, if if we manage to um, to win eh? to to we did exactly what we um, said we would do and that can give some joy and I don't deny that but it's not reducing the craving for the things that is that is the trouble with the process what reduces craving you best figure out for yourself why is it not a great temptation i mean uh, warmth fire is a beautiful thing isn't it sitting close to it and getting warm and you heat up your room with it and you you boil your water or whatever and a, a very nice medium why with such a beautiful medium we're not tempted to put our finger into the fire there's not the if 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 we're not into self-harm and most people are not into pain and self-harm we don't put our finger into the fire and that is because we have realized it's painful. If I put my finger into the fire, it's going to be painful. If the mind doesn't see that as clearly as putting your finger into the fire with other desires, it's still going to go there. As, as still there is, if there's that promise of happiness or that memory of happiness in that direction, the mind is going to go there. And it's not just something we can convince our mind of. We, we can try to lie to ourselves or whatnot. Oh yeah, the Buddhist path and it's so pure. 
and it leads to so much happiness and um, the Buddhist um, they are all so nice and I mean maybe it works sometime actually but when we come back to reality we see some Buddhists are nice some Buddhists are assholes some Christians are nice some Christians are assholes and Muslims and 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 Sikhs and Hindus and it's 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 all the same and the Buddhists they don't have to be so much wiser than the other guys it's just not the case from a, from a, from my personal scientific study it's not the case there are, there are buddhists in my opinion that have such a incredibly strong wrong view they i mean the, the the buddha promised a certain thing and for me that is why i was interested in it was if you walk this path if you walk in that direction if you practice the things i'm telling you about here if you watch the processes in the in the in 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 the in the under the light i'm shining on them it only leads into one direction to less and less and less and less and less suffering that is the promise that the buddha makes and if that is not the case it cannot be what the the Buddha prescribed, or he didn't prescribe it in a in a way um, that uh, you can deal with it, or you understand it, and it might not be the right thing for you. You need some other medicine. But if that they call people call that the the path walking the path of the Buddha, and they get more miserable, they get more angry, they get more aggressive. Or they even stay as aggressive as they were before, and then they stay as miserable as they were before, and they, they stay as unpleasant as they were before, and they, you see they, they, they just suffer as, as, as before. It's not, it's not working. That's like, like um, doing the same uh, scientific experiment over and over uh, again and uh, expecting different results. That's what uh, Einstein, how Einstein defined an insanity. Huh? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So uh, often, often under, under that um, perception that I have to reduce my craving, I have to reduce my attachments, um, doing all these external things and, and and trying often in a in a harmful in a in a in an unkind way to um, convince the mind that there's danger in that direction. As I uh, I have never seen good results, not in myself and not in other people. Not trying trying that way. This is a. Uh, is is coloring the perception in a way where the mind just gets negative. We have to realize the mind is looking for happiness. It's something that we can't change. It's looking for happiness. If we just give it salty water the whole time, that is uh, dangerous and that is uh, no fun and that is uh, leading to attachment. And uh, Buddhism can become something so dark and so so horrible, and people can become so miserable 
with the Buddha's teaching. And it's, it's so sad because, I mean, if you, if you imagine a Buddha, somebody who has escaped that, that lot of suffering, huh, who can see a, uh, from a perspective of, of non-suffering, I think there's an, you have an incredible amount of compassion for the people who haven't seen the happiness that you that you have reached there. You just see them uh, living in a, in in that um, in that delusional in that delusional perception, and yeah, you know it's not necessary, and there's a way out of it. So the only thing you you are left to do is to try to your best to to help as many people as you can to get out of it. That's how I see a Buddha, and not somebody who's um, uh, sitting up there on his throne and basically, oh, I should do this and stop craving and and is giving you all this advice that makes you more and more miserable. How is that possible? That is not a Buddha. So he didn't prescribe that way. He's basically, he said, try to find some delight in generosity first. See if you find joy in generosity. And I don't mean uh, uh, putting, putting money in the donation box. I mean really this generosity of spirit. This generosity of waking up in the morning and realizing, oh, what mind state am I in? Where is my perception here? Am I grumpy already? Am I still tired? Am I full of anxiety already? Huh? Where are my thoughts going? Huh? We call that mindfulness, awareness, this, this, this knowing where you are. Like you know, in a in a, in a room where you are, and in a, in, a, in a place where you're walking, that you don't step over things. You from the from the um, as early as you each and every time, as early as uh, as you remember, going back to that thing. Where is my mind here? Where is it? Because. After a while, we realize this, 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 this perception here is so colored through our own moods. Huh? If I have a stomach ache, uh, my talk is going to be completely different from if I don't have a stomach ache, if I slept bad, if I, uh, what people I came in contact with before. Um, there's, there's so many factors involved in this, this perception that I have in each and every moment. And to be to be aware of where is that going? Huh? That perception is that, and the Buddha. That's where the Buddha distinguishes very clearly, huh? which is leading into a direction of the mind that is going to lead to more suffering in the future, or that is going to lead to less suffering in the future. And for that we have meditation, we have this, this beautiful indicator when we develop a little bit of peace in the mind. If we have that little bit of peace in the mind, just maybe a minute or two in the morning, just a few breaths and just see where you are. And you remember time when you did some meditation and there was it was just maybe for a few seconds or minutes it was just totally all right there and why was it all right because there was no anxiety 
there was no anger, there was no wanting, there was nothing that pushed them and pulled the mind around the whole time. And that gives us a, a perspective, a, um, like a like a measurement, not a not a not a judgment, but a measurement for for where the mind is and then maybe we see in the morning oh wow i'm in in a terrible mood this morning well, what can i do for you mind huh? have a cup of coffee or do something nice and then it's not about oh be restrained and be um uh, you shouldn't get attached to anything or whatnot no uh, if if the mind is not our friend, we're gonna be in big trouble, and we we we're not gonna convince the mind of that it uh, the this direction of um, try not to want something is a direction that is pleasant because it isn't. It is that knowledge in the moment that you don't need something which can be very pleasant. And I hope you, you get that from time to time. And when you I hope you sit down from time to time, if it's just a few minutes. Huh? There's moments where you where you sit down and I hope you're in a good mind state. Hope you're happy enough. And then maybe just tell your mind for a few minutes just to sit down. Just enjoy. Don't have to do anything, mind. And if it's pleasant enough then you stay in the present moment. Because thoughts are always in the past. The thoughts are always an interpretation of something that happened a few milliseconds or seconds before, or a few weeks or years or whatever. This being in the present moment with what really is, is, the, is good enough already to stop that process of thought. If the mind is happy with just breathing in and out for a few seconds, for a few minutes, there's a feel to that. A, this, this, if there's an, enough kindness, there's, there's this feel of what the, the, the Buddha was pointing to. Hmm? This is not trying to convince the mind that you don't want something. It's basically the mind looking and seeing something beautiful there. Seeing some safety there because that is the place without fear. Where do fear they come from thoughts. Without thoughts, this 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 fear, this anxiety is not even possible. Where is this craving coming from? Again, from thoughts, from from uh, imagining things, from um, from uh, something we've seen on, in the advertisements or whatnot, and we it pops up again into our mind or something that we read in a book or heard from somebody else or something we remember from our own life but it's never it's never really that what is happening in that moment and if there is this um, with a little bit of training to 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 appreciate longer and longer periods in this in this present moment where the mind is just not inclined to look for anything else. It's not because I tell the mind, no mind, I'm a Buddhist and we shouldn't crave and now stay here in the present moment. No, it's this 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 in, in enough happiness and kindness you bring into your into your sitting down already. It's just like oh mind, no, you don't have to do anything. Just for five minutes you don't have to do anything. 
can just sit here and see what's happening when we take our fingers off the steering wheel. And that has a... If, if that is done correctly, that should have a taste to it. This has a little bit of this taste of freedom already. A little bit of this of this taste where the, where the Buddha was pointing to. This freedom of desire, the freedom from the five hindrances, wanting, the not wanting, the doubt. So, <coughs> seeing that perception is constantly influenced by our moods, by the outside world, we um, find a way to deal to to deal with this this perceptions in in a in a more skillful manner. Hopefully, every day that we did the day before, this seeing seeing just clearly. Oh, okay. There's there's anger anger coming up. Seeing the cause of anger sometimes helps. It's always, usually always from some sort of craving. This when the when the when the last person in front of me takes the last slice of pizza. Disappointment, anger, why should he get the last slice? Why do I always miss out on the pizza? So there is no decision to be made. Can I? Do I blame the monk in front of me because he likes pizza as well? Do I blame myself because I'm still craving pizza? Or do I step, have the opportunity to step a little bit back and see, ah, there's suffering now, not because he took that slice of pizza. Suffering is there because you would have liked that slice of pizza. Ah, yeah, that's correct. So, how much happiness would that slice of pizza give you? It would give you that amount of happiness. Yum, 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 yum. Gone. That is the amount of happiness. Huh? Sounds very simple. And I mean, uh, yeah, a slice of pizza, who cares? But um, I don't know what is important in your life. Hmm? Maybe um, somebody watches a different show on television and you have to watch the same show and you wish to watch something else. Hmm? So... How much happiness would have the other show given you? You will never know because you couldn't watch your show. <laughs> you know, but the, 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 often it's so out of proportion, actually, the, the, the amount of um, disquiet that comes up in our own mind and the, uh, and the, and the pleasure you, we would really get out of fulfilling that desire. 
So instead of blaming, it's just very interesting to 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 take a little bit of a scientific stance. Huh? And obviously, the stronger the desire is, the less we are able to watch clearly what is going on. And that is just the way it is. That's the nature of desire. Huh? I mean, the Buddha tells a story with the with the. Um, I don't quite get it together anymore. So it's a story from the suttas as well. But it's just imagining a person um, walking walking down the street, and he he sees that 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 woman passing by, and then the woman walks by, and he sort of, yeah, maybe he thinks a, a pretty woman or not so pretty woman or whatever he hardly recognizes uh, hardly uh, acknowledges her presence or whatever is not interested then uh, imagine a, a person who um, just lost their lover and basically his or her ex-lover walks by and so basically is in is in sort of neutral mood and the and your and your ex-lover Walks walks across the street, and all these emotions well up in you again. Huh? This all this 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 loss, or maybe anger, or whatever it is. Huh? This this uh, it's 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 not just a, a woman walking by anymore. And this neutral, relatively uh, neutral um, recognition is a strong emotions. And I mean, if you had a. a, a, a if you're really angry about the breakup, you want to shout, and if you're maybe more completely sad, you you really go back into your depression again, or whatever. But it's the same thing that happened: is a woman walking down the street, huh? is that 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 was connected that that was connected to that image, to that memory, that brings up this incredibly strong emotion. Huh? And then obviously we cannot just say, oh, stop emotion, I don't want you, basically go away, and then it goes away. That is not how it works. Everybody who has uh, strong emotions, experienced strong emotions, knows that it's, that's just not the way it is. So there's, there's, there's that connection always between this, the how attached are we to something, and how strong the reaction is when uh, that something is separated from us hmm? and uh, if it's too strong we cannot watch it anymore you know, we just uh, react and we're going to suffer but with the smaller things in our day-to-day -day life where the emotions are not that strong we can be the scientists, we can be the Buddhist scientists and watch what is the mind doing. And instead of judging it and nudging it always into certain directions, what it should do and shouldn't do, we just have that 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 kind watcher in the background and see, oh, okay, getting, getting angry about that, getting disappointed with this. And then... Uh, as long as we can watch clearly, we hardly ever have to do anything about it. Hmm? Which no, is not necessarily true. I think we can uh, 
we, we, we can watch it clearly and we still want to do something about that. And I mean, that was what my, my last uh, talk was about, that there, there is an outside world or we perceive an outside world. And um, it's important that that outside world uh, be, doesn't become too unpleasant for us, actually, to give us even a chance to practice. So um, we are also responsible, obviously, of how we interact with this this outside world, and that's the way we change our perception again. And um, so it's always this this interaction between our own minds and um, the minds of others, and the um, the natural natural phenomena that go on out there. But the the cool or the the more uh, circumspect the the more aware we are about the mind in its particular mood and the direction it's about to take, the more we can avoid leading the mind into more and more suffering. Huh? And that is, doesn't, doesn't come from, from things we just want to stop and things we just want to achieve. It just... Uh, comes from that awareness where is the mind at right now and where is the mind going with these sorts of thoughts and with that kind of thoughts. Is that, is that guy um, a, a terrorist over there in the in the passenger seat and I, I, I uh, should now... Uh, do my best to subdue him <laughs> or is he not a terrorist actually and I don't have to do anything huh? how much can I can I trust this this perception huh? so one I mean as a as a Buddhist I think we're uh, the, the general direction can be very nice for most of us just I remember these uh, statues in Afghanistan, the Buddha statues in Afghanistan, you remember that? And there you had these Taliban uh, fighters. And if you give a stupid person a big gun, really stupid things can happen, actually. What they did is they had their bazookas, so their rocket-propelled grenade launchers, and they fired the rockets at these... Uh, statues that were uh, well I don't know how many how many hundreds of years old actually and big and intricate and um, many people would say beautiful so you had an idiot with a bazooka destroying this statue I mean I think the beautiful thing is, uh, in, in, in Buddhism with a proper understanding would be for me that is um, I don't have to hate that person, I don't have to revenge. He is not, he doesn't um, commit sacrilege um, with, with my God or whatnot. It was never, it was never more than that, than that statue. What uh, my, my thoughts were just I imagined how many hours people put into it. Just these people working on these on these statues for such a long time, 
to make it beautiful. And then just one guy with the right gun, or two or three, and can just blow it, blow it all to pieces. And so, uh, what can you do? Perception, no? perception from those guys was actually something that uh, shouldn't be here. It's against our religion or whatever they thought. They just wanted to destroy something, I don't know. So, this um, the, this um, not, not, not reacting in Buddhism and not reacting with violence and aggression into response of something which is wrong. It's obviously wrong that the Taliban guys uh, uh, exploded these this statues. But... To do something about that, especially do something in a in a in a violent way about it. There's nothing in Buddhism that can support you in that direction. I mean, that is that for me is a is a is a beautiful thing. In the in the understanding the the Buddhist teaching, there is no justification for 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 that um, revenge and violence. But there seems to be a lot of um, justification for people doing violence to themselves in their own minds. This, this, this not, not understanding how to to lead the mind into a place where it tastes something sweeter, where it tastes something that is at the with the with the right energy of the mind it is going to draw draw the the mind away from these five senses it's drawing the mind away from wanting to see beautiful things wanting to hear beautiful sounds wanting to feel uh, beautiful touches with the body wanting to smell beautiful smells and so on it's just because there's something in the in the mind that is so reacting so much to that that beauty that ex- experiences it cannot look anywhere else it's 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 um it's too um what is the word too all encompassing that is where where um meditation makes this these steps where the where the mind realizes something, whether uh, this this stepping stone that the Buddha described, huh? where it sees something that is that is outside outside of this conditioning of wanting and not wanting, huh? it's just there, and it's exactly the opposite. It's, it's this because the mind has stopped wanting, it has exactly what it wants. Huh? But how to get there is never through just um, trying to convince the mind of something, be um, harsh with your mind, and um, not even if you if you're very um, if you're very um, consequent in your mind. I don't think these are factors. I think the the, the factor is that the mind on the way, on this Buddhist path, the mind finds something that is just more beautiful, more attractive, 
And that's how the mind wants to stay with the teaching as well. If that if that is a path where it becomes lighter for you, where it becomes safer, where you just um, have the feeling you are walking up out of the clouds and the, the view gets better up here. And the, you don't need anybody else to tell you you are on the right path or the wrong path and you should do this and you should do that basically because you're your own scientist you have your own uh, scientific instruments with you the whole time you have your own scientific environment with you the whole time and you watch and you watch and what is leading into that direction and what is leading into the other direction and that's, that's all we have to do huh? and we I mean, the, 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 the beautiful thing is that the, the Buddha described the waypointers for us already. There are indicators we can look for. Is it getting more peaceful? Is it getting more independent? Is, 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 is greed, hatred, delusion, are they diminishing? Are there, is, it, is, it, is it getting easier? Does it, does it feel lighter? Is uh, in, in 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 the meditation? Is it is it going somewhere where you feel uh, more and more comfortable? And obviously, that is not a progression that can just be day by day by day by day, and it's just getting better and better and better. Nothing works like that. Huh? The mind is a wobbly thing, and it goes a little bit up and down. But this 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 this. Um, this 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 path is lying in the middle between the up and downs that should go up and up and up and the highest the higher the ups should be higher up and the lows should be not as low as before after a while and if and and if not um investigate always investigate very clearly what are you doing what do you believe in what concepts do you use how are you treating yourself in your own mind? Are you, are you a dictator up there in your own head? Are you a control freak? How can I make that kinder? How I can make my mind something that trusts me? How do I trust other people? Do I trust other people who shout at me? Do I trust other people who are obviously trying to be mean to me or, or push me somewhere where I don't want to go? No, I don't. Why should I trust a mind like that? How sh why should I trust my own mind if it's doing the same thing that I don't want other people to do to me? So becoming aware of that becomes sometimes can be old patterns that go on and on there. And um, seeing that the, the, the whole perception, this, this whole thing that we call the world, is filtered, is filtered through this mind. The, the, if, if, if we perceive the world as an awful place or a beautiful place or a, a place of danger, this is, is, is all always, always filtered through this perception. And this perception is, is, uh, is a very fragile and a very uh, manipulated thing. And it doesn't see clearly. It always is gonna always gonna be the the eye is always gonna see 
not a picture out there in the world. The eye is always going to be the seal that that wants to see. It's gonna gonna uh, block out the things that it doesn't want, and it's gonna fill in the things that it's uh, things that are supposed to be there. And uh, so it is with everything else. So, I hope that was helpful for you. I hope you treat your mind a little bit more like a interested science experiment. Keep up a little bit of humor. And have fun with your meditation. And if you have more time now, still because of the coronavirus, you might have something to do. Have a good watch of your mind and see where it's going. All the best and until next time. Bye bye. Yeah, there are a few questions, aren't there? Oh yeah, questions as well. Okay, sure. Would you like to answer them? Yeah. Sure, sure. First question. Isn't wanting to avoid craving a form of aversion or desire in itself? Is trying to avoid craving a form of desire in itself? A form of uh, aversion or desire aversion in itself. Aversion or desire in itself. Absolutely. Sure. It is. And it, it does not necessarily have to be a very wholesome form of desire. I mean, having having a certain desire to, um, to have a peaceful mind, to become a better person, to... Um, to be more generous, something like that is. I don't. I don't say there is not a. Uh, there, there, there is desire that is um, more wholesome than there is desire that is more unwholesome, and we just live in that world. The the mind just has to see what desire leads the mind in a in a, in a possible direction, where it doesn't need so much desire anymore. And it's always, if that direction is somewhere where the mind is happier, you will find the happier you are, the less you need from the outside world. So if the mind has a lot of happiness already in itself, it doesn't look so much through the eyes and it doesn't try to find the beautiful sounds so much and so on. Because it's more there where it wants to be already. That's we call it inner happiness. The stronger the inner happiness, the less of that desire there will be. But we always will have that desire until we get that far out of the out of the process where we get into the into the real meditations or not real. I don't want to call it real meditation. Into the real deep meditations. When the when the when the five senses fall away, when the five hindrances are overcome, and we can talk another time about that. But that is then that experience of 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 non-desire, uh, the first time, which is a, a completely uh, revolutionary uh, new experience. But desire is there, and making that uh, differentiating very clearly what is wholesome desire that I have to live with and which direction is just too unwholesome and too too much on the shoulders of others. Uh, 
that's where we can put the work. Okay. Next question. I have recently broken up with my partner. Can you talk more about how to work with those intense emotions? But rather than saying stop crying and being upset and going through all this, which is my approach. Stop crying. <laughs> Obviously, when we are a partner, having a partner, I remember that very well. I suffered a great deal when that when that um, when the uh, there was a breakup with my partner. And I remember that as well. And it was a um, it's it's a very distressing time. And this is the time for you to be as kind to yourself as you can. Uh, never tell yourself to 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 uh, be brave and don't cry and do this and do what. You listen and and you say, mind, what do you need? What is there anything I can do for you right now? How can I make you any happier? Huh? Might it help when we go out a little bit in nature? Huh? And sometimes you just have to do it because um, the the trouble with that perception is that everything is filtered through that dark lens now. Huh? You know, we don't have we don't have that perception anymore that we had before. We were dependent on that love story. Huh? It's always always filtered through that through that loss of that love now. So it's all all in a in a darker color. Everything we watch is gonna be in the, in that darker color. And um, very important to be aware of that. So don't make any long term commitments for the future now, because as the mind is not at its clearest right now. Now is a, is a time you bring up as much kindness as you can in your mind. What, and whatever helps you, whatever you enjoy, your hobby, your friends, um, or having having that extra uh, piece of chocolate, or <laughs> I don't know, you gain a few kilos. It doesn't matter actually. Yeah, this is just a, that is a, a time of 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 suffering now and. Um, there's nothing we can do about that because it's, it's it has the equivalent of the of the happiness that we had with the partner beforehand, and that is the that is the whole um, tragedy of that of that attachment of getting attached to something. Huh? That because when it's gone, it just hurts, and we can not do much about it. The only thing is, what we can do is not adding to it. Have that wisdom and that kindness to see it. It was is 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 not uh, nobody is at fault. It's just people come together and then they separate again. So, it doesn't help the mind to find somebody who is at fault. Neither yourself nor the partner. It doesn't help um, if you um, if you if you. Um, uh, nasty to yourself now and, and try to convince yourself never to make that mistake again. Uh, it's just like, um, just see, see as clear as you can that is happiness and suffering, being together with another person, happiness and suffering. Uh, now is suffering, but it's, if, you're, if you're really down, I give you the meditation. This will end for sure. This will end for sure. This will end for sure, huh? and that is something I can promise you. It will end if you let it end. It will end. Huh? 
takes some time, but every day it's gonna get a little bit better, actually. And sometimes, sometimes not in a day, actually. Sometimes it gets a bit worse the next day again, but over the weeks it's gonna get better. Especially if you let it and you don't dwell in it. Treat yourself kindly and do a lot of your uh, the things that you that you enjoyed previously, even if you have a feeling you can't enjoy them right now. Just do it. <laughs> okay. If Bante knows, when is Ajahn Brahm going to hold Dharma talks again? Uh, he should be in Nolda. Uh, I don't think they have the restrictions anymore in Perth, do they? No. I think they can go out again. So if there are no uh, corona restrictions, he should be back after the first full moon in October. And you have that look to look that up on your calendar yourself. The first Friday after the full moon in October. That is when Achamban should be back at Nolamara. But um, you can always give a call to the monastery as well, actually, and, and inquire that there is. But it, it, it should be should be like that. And sometimes he is um, uh, he even goes one week before the Vasa ends to Nolamara. Actually, that happened before as well. I don't know. I'm I'm out of touch here myself. That was the last question. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. See you again. Bye-bye.